John chapter 1, verse 14, says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. For John bore witness and cried out, saying, This is He of whom I've said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for He was before me. And, is, and of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. For no one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Verse 19 is talking, still talking about John the Baptist. When you, talk, when you read in John, the Gospel of John, anytime you see the, someone being referred to as John, it's not, he's not talking about himself. He's talking about John the Baptist. When John speaks of himself, it's usually the one or the disciple that Jesus loved or, or the beloved or uh, something along those lines. But when he refers to John, he's talking about John the Baptist. Okay? It says, now this is the testimony of John... When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? That's a good question. That's a, that's a, that's a question that everybody is going to have to deal with. Is who, who's Jesus? Who, who, who are you? I'm just kind of thinking about it. Uh, I believe Paul on the road to Damascus, Saul, uh, Saul of Tarsus, on the road to Damascus when he, was, when he was blinded by the light, everybody likes to think he fell off his donkey. I don't find anything in the book of Acts about his donkey. <laughs> maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but I don't find anything about it. I don't find anything about his donkey. But when he fell, when, when this persecutor of the, of the believers was on his way to Damascus to, point, to persecute more believers, and he, was, and he hit the ground, and he came up, and he said, Who are you, Lord? <laughs> so who's Jesus? Where am I? i got to go back to handheld. I don't know what's changed, but... There's a rumble behind me. So that makes, um, I realize that makes it a little hard to get started, but we're trying to figure it out. We'll figure it out. So where am I? Who are you? Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I'm not the Christ. The, the who are you is who is John. And they said to him, then what? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He answered, no. And then they said to him, who are you? And that we may give an answer to those who sent us. And what do you say about yourself? He said, I am. And the, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. He is saying, I am the prophesied forerunner. Hello? 
Okay? As the prophet Isaiah said. And now those who were sent were from the Pharisees, and they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, or Elijah, nor a prophet? And John answered, saying, I baptize with water, but there stands one among you who you do not know. It is he who's coming after me, is preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. These things were done in Beth, Beth Bera, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who's preferred before me. Because before, they, they, he said, I'm not him. Now he's saying, but this is, he's coming, he's here, he's among you, you haven't seen him yet, okay? And he says, he, I do not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel, therefore I am coming, baptizing with water. Now, what's John talking about? He's talking about, I'm the one that Isaiah said was going to come before the one, but I'm not the one. And there, and, but the one is coming after me, because I'm, I'm ahead of him, but, that, but the one was before me. Why? Because he always has been. Remember, in the beginning was the Word. Are you with me? And now he's saying, I'm the one. And why, the, why are you baptizing? The, the, the answer is, he was calling the nation of Israel to repentance. Back to God. Remember, there's been a 400-year silence between Malachi and, and the Gospels. There's not a recorded word from God in 400 years. That's a long dry spell. And now he, he's, and, and at, even at this point, John says he's coming, but I don't know who he is. I, 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 won't, I won't spend much time on that, but I think that's pretty incredible because we know in the other Gospels that the angel came to, to John's mother talking about who he was, and then he came to Mary to tell her who she was. And, and, and when the mothers got together, it says that John leaped in his mother, the baby leaped in his mother's womb because of the power of God that she was carrying. They're cousins, literally. Yes? But not recognized at this point as the Christ. But John is the one coming to announce him. And God's divine order of things, hundreds of years before, Isaiah prophesied that this guy named John, or the, 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 one, the voice of the one crying in the wilderness would come, prepare you the way of the Lord. That's the key. Why is John baptizing? He's preparing the way of the Lord. That's what he said. I, don't, I do not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained upon him. 
I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That John, this pro, John says, are, they said, are you a prophet? He says, no, Jesus begged to differ. Jesus himself would say John the Baptist was the greatest prophet. He come in the spirit of Elijah. Hello? By the way, that is the last recorded words of God in the Old Testament in, in Malachi. Before that 400 years of silence, it says that, the, it said that, the, that, that there's one coming in the spirit of Elijah and he will return the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers. And this is the first instance of the, this is the spirit of Elijah. Now, I won't go too far tonight because I'm not prepared to go for, too far tonight. This was John came in the spirit of Elijah. But you know what? That was the, this is actually the shadow to come because there's coming a time when Elijah will come. Do you know that? That Elijah, not in the spirit of Elijah, that Elijah himself will come and bear witness for three and a half years, day and night and night and day and day and night, round the clock. We won't even go into that tonight. It'll be Elijah and Enoch, I believe. Some people think it was Moses. I just happen to disagree with that. Look at me going to go off on that tall weeds anyway. <laughs> I happen to believe something real basic that it's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment. And I know two men that the, that the Bible records that have not died. Back in Genesis, it talked about Enoch. And it says that Enoch was a friend of God. What a statement. And one day it says that, that Enoch, well, what it says that he walked with God and he pleased God. And that he was, and then he was not. For God took him. Then Caldwell always says, well, it was kind of like this. He said they was out walking one day, talking with God. He says, Enoch walked with God. That's what it says. And then God says to Enoch, he says, hey, we're, he said, we've been out a while. We're closer to my house than we are to your house, so we might as well just go to my house. And then we know Elijah, when he prophesied, did not see death. Elijah wanted, he asked, Elijah asked Elisha, what can I do for you? Remember? And Elijah, Elisha says to Elijah, I want double a portion of what you've done. And Elijah says, you've asked a hard thing. It wasn't hard for God. I think he was probably talking to Elisha. You, you've asked a weighty thing. He said, but I tell you what, if you see me when I go, then that's what's going to happen. Now, Elisha done what I'd have done. 
I'd stuck right there. I, I, I'd, have, I'd have worried Elijah. He'd have turned around and, and smelled my breath. Yeah? If you see me when I go, what are you doing? I'm waiting for you to go because I'm going to see it. And we know that one day, an amazing thing happened. Chariots of fire swept down from heaven and picked old Elijah up. Out they went. And guess what? Elijah saw it. Some people thought he dropped him over the mountain somewhere. But no. On his way up, the Bible says that Elijah's mantle fell and Elisha caught it. Elijah didn't die. I see him over in the New Testament. I see one day up on the Mount of Transfiguration. This is where some people, why some people think that it's going to be Moses. But they have an argument, Peter and James and their mama and everything, about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And any, like any good mama would do, she's wanting to know which one of her boys was going to sit on the left hand and which one was going to sit on the right hand. And Jesus is like, whatever. I don't think that's important. And they went up with him and, then, and something happened. It says the Bible says he was transfigured. And they said they're standing there watching as Jesus is shown in his glory for the first time, talking with Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets. Do you know what you had? You had the word and the law and the prophets standing together. Man, what a sight. But it says that the, the, the Elijah is going to come. What I tell you all that for? There, there, there's, well, I might as well go back because i got to tell you one more thing because it's just too good not to tell you. Because Elisha died. One miracle short. Because see, Elijah had all these miracles and, and Elisha asked for a double portion. I want to do twice what you did. It wasn't a pride thing. I don't believe God did not honor pride. And one of the reasons, if I, you see me when I go, is if you serve me. But Elisha's dead now. I mean, he's so dead that he's bones. That's dead. How dead is that? That's dead. He's dead. That's Elijah's bones. And they were having a little party one day, having a funeral, walking down the road one day, taking this guy had died, remember? Had a bunch of buddies hauling him off, had him hauling him up on his, their shoulders, taking him out, doing their funeral thing. And while they were out doing their funeral thing, they had some, uh, some of their enemies come in, come swooping in, going to attack them. And, you, you know, it's hard to carry a body and fight at the same time. It's hard to... Remind me of that. It's, it's hard to carry a body and fight at the same time. Yeah. So, they done what any bunch of good friends would do with their good friend's body. They just found a hole through it in it. <laughs> but when they threw that body in the hole, it was a hole that held, held Elisha's bones. And the Bible records that when that dead body hit the bones of Elisha, there was enough power left in that old prophet that that body leaped back to life. Uh, that's the double portion. 
And he came up out of that grave, and he bet, I hope he went, and, and it doesn't record it, but he better go join that bunch that threw him in the hole and help them fight their enemies. Elijah. Now, I didn't plan on parking here, but I'm parking here a second. Because now I'm thinking about it. Do you know you're supposed to have, it says, I, he, he said, John there, he says, you know, I, this is, therefore I came baptizing with water and bore witness and saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remained on him, capital H, and didn't, I did not know him, he, but he who sent me, that is God himself, to baptize with water said to me, upon the one, on whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. The other gospels talking about John says that Jesus or that, or that John baptized with water unto repentance. Acts chapter 1, verse 5, I believe, talks about that too. That John come that he was the one that baptized with water unto repentance, but there's one coming after me that's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So before I move on to something I want you to know real quick, because see, the promise of the Father, it says, it says I, I didn't know who he was yet, but the, but the God said to me, hello, if God doesn't talk to the prophet, the prophet can't speak. Boy, I could spend some weeks talking about all them flakes on YouTube that says they're prophets. If God, but God had a few warnings about that. He said, we got people saying things that I didn't say. Even it's a dangerous thing to say, thus saith the Lord, or to say, I speak for God when God didn't say it. That's a dangerous thing. Got people prophesying about heaven being with mountains of jello and, and the cows driving tractors. And, but now, what? Those people have millions of, that's a true story, by the way. Those people have millions of followers. And I want to ask you something what kind of dummy follows that? Millions of dummies, evidently. Was it Bardo? Was it. Uh, uh, Barno, the uh, circus guy. Well, had the sucker been provided? Is that, is, isn't that who he said? Isn't that him that says that? The sucker's been provided? <laughs> P.T. Barnum, yes. The sucker's been provided. <laughs> don't be a sucker. Tweet that. <laughs> That's good preaching. Just don't be a, don't be a sucker. <laughs> John said, the one, he said to me, the one that, I don't know who he is yet, he said, but the one, when you're baptized and the one that you see the Spirit descend on and remain on, that's him. He said, when you know that's him, you can know that the him is the one who comes that's going to baptize in the Holy Spirit. Somebody hear me in this house tonight? I'm going to talk about Elijah just again for just a second, but I want you to know something. I want you to hear something right now because all the world's arguing still today over if, if there's still a baptism in the Holy Spirit and it's God's plan. Thank you both of you. It's God's plan. It's not a denominational plan. It's not a dis it, it wasn't an early church plan. It is God's plan for the church. It's God's plan for the people. There's a few reasons I know that, but I want you to know something. Because some people think baptism of the Holy Spirit is the devil, and that's a dangerous thing when you attribute that when you attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to the enemy. That's a dangerous thing. They tried to accuse Jesus of that one time. They said he delivers people by the hand, by the power of Beelzebub. 
And Jesus said, what in the world are you talking about? Can, can, can the devil cast out the devil? Can, can a kingdom divided against itself? He said it cannot stand. You know, uh, and, and we've heard the criticisms. We had the made fun of. We've had, you know, people talking about, you go around down there with them, them Pentecostal people, those tongue-talking people, they get that stuff It's of the devil. And I've told you here a while back, if it's of the devil, it's the first devil I've ever seen that set people free from bondages, that, that cleaned up their life, that, 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 that cleaned up their mouth, that, that delivered alcoholics, that delivered drug addicts, that, that caused people to quit beating their wife. The change how they live. Now that's some kind of devil. That's, that, that's a divided kingdom. And when you, you better realize that the Bible says, listen to me, church people, listen to me. John just told you, every, still today, Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, the Word that became flesh, that was and is and is to come, that never changes, that is settled in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, it's settled. Jesus is the baptizer. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. It says, the one that you see the Spirit of God descend on and remain, it's Him and this, read verse 33, upon the one you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. That's right. That's right. Let's look at Acts chapter 1 real quick. Verse 4 says, And being assembled together with them, that's the disciples, the apostles, and his followers, he commanded them, that he being Jesus, this is the resurrected Jesus that's about to ascend. He commanded them, that he suggested to them, commanded them, do not, do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait. For the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father, without me going to 13 places in just a few minutes, go look at, by the way, this would be a real good thing to write down. Promise of the Father, what is that? And then when you get home, Google. It's fine. Uh, Strong's. If you don't know what Strong's is, that's a concordance. If you don't know what that is, that, a concordance is, is, is a word that exhaustively lists every word that's in the Bible individually. And well, if you look up promise, you can look and it'll have a few words before and after. It'll say promise of the Father. And you can look and it'll tell you every place in the Word of God, Scripture, uh, book, chapter, and verse, and tell you where it's at. And if you go do that, you'll find out that the promise that was of the Father is that when Jesus, the Son was going away, and he was going to send the Holy Spirit who's been with you, but he shall be in you. Y'all don't agree with me yet. 
He says, and being assembled together with them, he, Jesus, he, commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait on the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard of me, for John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus is still speaking. Therefore, when they, heard, when they had come together, they asked, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again to the kingdom of Israel? That was the Fox News reporter right there, by the way, saying, will, it, will, it, will, 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 will you win the White House back? Y'all don't know that's what that is, but that's what it is. There's a lot of people said, don't talk about that stuff. Why? The disciples wanted it. You want to know too. Their, their interest was not in the spiritual victories they can win. They wanted to know, are we going to get underneath Roman rule? Are you the king? Are you going to come? Are you going to restore and rebuild this nation? Are you the new president? That's what they wanted to know. Therefore, when they, that's the disciples, came together, they asked him, Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Restore from what? That was the Roman occupation. Hello? And Jesus said, yeah, that's what I came for, to straighten out all the politics. He said, because that's what we're here for. It's to make sure, it's, <laughs> because if you elect the right people and the right people rule the country, then all of our problems will go away, and that's what I came for. Will you again restore the kingdom of Israel? Now, I'm trying to help us here a little bit. I didn't plan to, but I'm trying to help us here a little bit. I'm trying to help us. Now, I want you to keep in mind, because I'm not going to beat nobody up, because you've got to keep in mind, these people had walked with him for three and a half years. He told them what he came for. He told them what he was going to do when he got here. He told them he was, he, they even said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to die. They didn't like that. But that, he said, told the religious people, how do we know it's you? He said, he, said, he said, destroy this temple and I'll build it up again in three days. He told, he told them at the last supper, I'm going to die. This is it. Yeah? He told them exactly. But all this time, these people, the ones that are talking here, the ones that are asking the question, will you at this time restore again the kingdom? Of, they have seen the miracles. More than this book records. They have walked with him. I mean, some of them right here heard the heavens open and heard, and heard, and heard voice from heaven talking about that this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, they saw stuff and they heard stuff. Y'all ain't following yet? Yeah. And, talk, and, and, and then they saw him arrested, beaten, mocked, crucified, Die, put in the tomb, borrowed tomb. Why was it borrowed? Because why in the world would you want to buy something you only needed for three days? They seen res they, they they thought it was over, they thought he was a fraud, they thought they they thought they thought it was just a good run, but then they saw him, they saw the glorified Jesus. He just walked into the room, passed through the wall. 
That's what they saw. That's what they saw. They saw, as a matter of fact, they just saw those things in the last 50 days. He was crucified at the Passover, now it's the day of Pentecost, or coming up on it. Within 50 days, this is what they saw. Yes. And now, after seeing all that, will you restore unto us the kingdom of God? Or kingdom of Israel? Makes you want to make, well, I wonder, I think Jesus had a twitch. <laughs> you ever had anybody that made, made, made your eye hurt? Some of y'all ought to smile. You need it. <laughs> you ever talked to anybody that was so dumb they made you squint? <laughs> I'm not supposed to say stuff like that, am I, Steve? But every one of you in here has had a conversation with somebody that you think. What? Yeah. I wonder if he squinted. <laughs> Will you at this time restore again the kingdom of God? What? What? Y'all still think that's what this is about? Oh, that makes me want to preach a second right there. Because two years later and going into four, we still got people. I mean, you read this book. And it's playing out, and people are still wondering if Donald Trump's going to get reelected. Right. <laughs> now, I, I believe God has a preference on some things. I do. And I believe that people ought to, care, ought to care about the thing God cares about. I do. But I can assure you, I can assure you that God's main concern isn't who the president of the United States is. I can assure you that's true. One of the reasons I can assure you that that's true is because the United States is not the fig tree. It's not about us. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to move past that, but it's a pretty good stump. Because we went, we went through, well, we had some pretty good boom years. Yeah, I mean like boom years. You know, there's, there's prosperity and poverty. I've tried both. Prosperity's better. <laughs> but that's not the gospel. I mean, anybody would think prosperity's not better. I mean, your prosperity's better. But that's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. I got, it's not the gospel. You go, so we got all this boom going on. And then, we, you know, the, the pandemic changed everything. And... Wow, what, a, what, a, what, a, what an event that was. And somehow during all that event, church people's, most of the goal of the church was just to get back to the way it was. And you know, really, that's really what's still going on, trying to just get back to the way it was. I think if our goal is to get back to the way it was in January 2020, we probably missed it. I do. Will you again restore the kingdom of God? Kingdom of Israel? 
I think we probably missed it. Am I, now, y'all, am I this far off base that people, that I, am I wrong? I'm really asking you. That's not rhetorical. Am I wrong? Is that, does that not seem to be still the mood overwhelmingly of the people and the pulpit? Will you again at this time restore the United States of America? We got the book playing out. And people still, I'm not sure that the church's goal and, the, and God's goal right now are the same. And I happen to believe until the church's goal, the pulpit's goal, aligns with God's goal, that it's probably going to be rough. The book says it's going to be dangerous times, not that everything's going to be. Of course, if you believe that bonehead stuff about the church's job is to, is to conquer the seven mountains of influence. Well, I mention that every once in a while because why it needs to be. Well, the church is going to prepare this thing, get it all in good shape so Jesus can back. That's such B-O-L-O-G. It's not even got a first name. It's just, that's not even, that's not even first name baloney. That is, that is, that is bar S baloney. And that is nasty. I used, to buy, I used to buy bar espalone, a lot of it, because my, my Labradors that I had at the time, it was cheaper than dog treats. <laughs> and every once in a while, one of them would go, <laughs> baloney. Cheap baloney. Some people still think it's meat. (laughs) Will you again restore the kingdom? That's where the church is at. Still. Will you again, will you again at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times of the seasons but the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has came upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, or witnesses to me, in Jerusalem, all of Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You shall receive the promise of the Father. I'm I'm back in John where he says, "I'm, I'm the water baptizer, but the one that the Spirit lands on and stays on when I'm baptizing in water, that's him, and he is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptizer. Now Jesus is about to, and he said, when I got to go, have you known what Jesus said in John, I got to go? King James people, he said, it's expedient that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter can't come. And he talked about who the comforter was and what he would do. 
I'm going away. And by the way, right now, what is happening is Jesus is literally about to go away. And he's saying, this is it. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you be a new power from on high. Then he says, now, you're going to restore the kingdom? He said, it's not for me to, that's not for you to know. He says, but you shall receive power. You know what he wanted? You know what he said? I'm not going to talk about the stuff that you don't need to know. I'm going to talk about what what you need to know. It's not real. This is doing no harm to the word. You know what he's literally saying? Who cares? It's not for you to know. You're not... God keeps us on a need-to-know basis, and he told us everything that we need to know. And they said, well, you were at this time, restore again the kingdom of Israel. And he says, that's not for you to know. The things that God has kept for him, that my father has kept under his own authority, he said, but you shall receive power. That's what you need to know. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses in, Jer- in, Jer- in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and other most parts of the earth. And in case you think I'm off base, that maybe this isn't the promise, go over to Acts chapter 2 in about 39, I think it is. If we, if we stop on Acts 38, we might build a whole religion. I, I didn't mean to say that. Anybody want to just pass out for me? <laughs> that, was, that was not right. I shouldn't have said it. But in fact, we built, we built it a whole, a whole. I don't even know if movement's a big enough word. I'll go ahead and read Acts 2.38. It says that, and Peter said to them, repent, every one of you. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise. Oh, there it is. For the promise is unto you. The promise. You shall receive the Holy Spirit, for the promise is unto you and your children. All those who are far off, even as many as the Lord your God shall call. I'm late. I totally intended to spend the whole time talking about Jesus as the baptizer and why, and that's what I'm doing. There's things that come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but the reason the Holy Spirit was sent was for power to be a witness in this world. That's why. Elijah operated in power when the Holy Spirit would come on him. John the Baptist said, it says, the Bible says in the Synoptic Gospels that John was baptized in the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb, the spirit of Elijah. Jesus said it came on people at times. The Old Testament, the Spirit came on people at times. But he said he has been in you. He he has been with you. He shall be in you. And it became about Jesus. One of the things he done whenever, whenever you accept him, when you get saved, if you will, when you're born again, if you will, 
Oh, can I take just a second to tell you that the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ? Because there's lots of folks telling you that you that you you received the Holy Spirit when you got saved. Now, when you got saved, Jesus Christ gave you the Holy Spirit is who done it. By, Jesus, Jesus was the one who paid, and Jesus is the one who saves. The Holy Spirit is the one that baptizes you into Christ. If you don't believe that, that's Romans chapter six. Have I opened too big of a can all at once? It's not the same because the Bible is clear that the Holy Spirit is who baptizes you into Christ. And when, you get, when you're baptized into Christ, you're washed clean, you're bought, and the Spirit of God takes up residence in you. That is absolutely true. You can't get saved without the Holy Spirit. But it says that it's clear that the Holy Spirit is who baptizes you into Christ. But Christ is who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all are just trying to make me. I'm not going to do it. Jesus is the baptizer. And his intention is for everybody to be baptized. I, I, somebody's confused right now because some, some of you have been around long enough. You've, you've been digging in the well long enough. You've been taught well enough that you know exactly what I'm talking about. But sometimes the only baptism you know is in the tank. Or when there's a baby. I, don't, I ain't, ain't going to touch that. There's a baptism. Bible talks about three baptisms that are specific and unique to their self. It's baptism into Christ, that's salvation. Regeneration. Born again. That's why Jesus said in a few more chapters in John chapter 3, you must be born of the, uh, of the blood and the water. The water and the blood. If you're not baptized into Christ, you can get baptized in the tank from now till kingdom come. And you're going to be as lost as a goose in a hailstorm. Confused as a termite in a yo-yo. Because it's not the water that saves, it's the blood. talks about baptized into Christ, that's born again. Baptized in water, well, we know what that is. That is the testimony of the covenant that you've already entered into. And then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ or the rest, one won't happen and the one doesn't matter if it happens. Uh Uh-oh. If you're not baptized into Christ, you're not going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. He talked about that one that being baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit, Jesus said in John, the Holy Spirit whom the world 
the lost. Exactly. The Holy Spirit whom the world cannot receive. So unless you're baptized into Christ, you're never going to be baptized in the Spirit because it's not possible. So to even... Chaz, are you about to throw rocks at me? No, not yet. I'm helping answer some questions for somebody in this room tonight or that's watching by tonight or will watch later. It's not possible for them to be the same thing because the world cannot receive the the Holy Spirit. You have to be born again first. That's why when, when it says that, that Philip passed through the upper coast of, of Ephesus in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 and 2 and 3, it says that Philip passed through the upper coast of Ephesus and he come up on a guy, and he uh, come up on a bunch of disciples, which what, what's that? That's a follower, which what is that? Christians. It said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And they said, we hadn't even heard of such a thing as the Holy Spirit. And he says, well, let me tell you about something. And when they told about something, he says that they all received the Holy Spirit and they all spoke with other tongues and then they all got baptized. Not the same. Not the same. Not the same. One of them, if you're not baptized into Christ, you're not going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. If you're going to get baptized in water, but you had not been baptized in the Christ, it don't matter. It don't matter. You're just a well, wet sinner. So I was always told that water doesn't, water doesn't save you. If you, go in, uh, if you go in the tank, a dry sinner, you're going to come out of the water a wet sinner. Baptism is not a sacrament. It's a testament, a testimony. It's a, it's a testimony of what's happened in you already. Under the old covenant, they circumcised. It was the, it was the testimony of who you were. Oh, y'all, do you all know that? It was. That new covenant into Christ, baptism, is the testimony of who you are, who you become. Oh, come on, this isn't, this isn't, I'm, it's, 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 I'm, it's okay. At that time, see, it's become something of a ritual because nobody explains what it means. Nobody explains what it done. And half the world thinks that they're, that, they, that they're going to heaven and they know God because they got wet. Like, like, like chlorine water is better than lake water. Well, you know, we didn't do that. To, I mean, we used to just take you out to the nearest hole and dunk you in it. So it's not about if it's treated or not. I'm helping somebody. Some of you, this is old hat. Some, listen to me. If old hat folks, now if you don't like the word, I don't know. If you don't like the word old, just get over it. Uh, if you've been around a long time and this is, you know all about this, that's good. But let me tell you something. 
There's people in this room that do not. And we have scads of generations that do not. I've had people, oh, I'm just thrilled to death. My grandson got, got baptized last week. I said, that's great. Did he get saved? Because if he didn't get saved, who cares? It's not the water. It's the blood. His blood was not just blood of another spotless lamb. But his blood was precious blood for it washed the sins of man. And his blood, it heals my body and it sets my spirit free. So I'm so glad his precious blood still flows from Calvary. Hallelujah. Yeah. And that day when somebody, when a Jew would go out and be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, that was, that was enough to get you killed. It wouldn't gather all the family and take pictures. It was enough to get you killed. It was, it was literally saying that I have left the Abrahamic covenant and I am in the new covenant of this Jesus the Christ. They killed him for doing it. All of the apostles, save John, this writer, were martyred because of it. It's a big deal. But the, but the reason for the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for you to have the power to declare, to be witnesses, that you shall be witnesses unto me, Jesus speaking, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all over the world. And that name witnesses is not handing out tracts and, 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 and telling somebody a nice little recorded line. about That, that literally means that you are willing to, to speak of me to the point of them killing you. That takes power. That takes power. It takes power that I don't have within me. That's why I can say boldly that being that 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 the that the born again experience is paramount. Without the cross, without salvation, none of the rest of it matters. And you can go to heaven without being baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you can't go to heaven without being baptized into Christ. They're not the same thing. But whenever you're baptized into Christ, it was always was and still is his plan. The the devil sold the church a bill of goods. Most of the church today denies the power of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it is a lie. It has robbed the church and the people of the power that God always intended for them to have. He said, go tarry you in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Do not leave. He said to go into all the world and preach the gospel, but but he said before you go to all the world, you need to stay here until you receive the promise of the Father. And when you you receive the promise, then you can go because you'll be equipped for it. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. 
And people, they get the blame for weird things, and I got news for you. Most of them were weird before they had the Holy Spirit. They were weird. Then they get to talking and listen to some flake, and they start thinking the Holy Spirit is this manifestation and that manifestation. The Holy Spirit is not a manifestation. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not, is not, is, is not who comes to, to, to lift you up. The Holy Spirit won't even speak of himself. He speaks only of the Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes to, he always, you know, when he, that's, why the, that's why the Father told John, the one that you see the Spirit come on and stay. Because see, he's always looking for what looks like the Christ. And that's where he will always stay. When you look like the Christ, the Holy Spirit said, he will come, Jesus said, and he will abide, he will stay. And the, the intent is, it's not, i got to shake some Pentecostals around. The intent of the Holy Spirit is not for you to talk in a funny language. The Holy Spirit's not tongues. Languages. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is accompanied initially at first by speaking in other tongues. But that, that speaking in other tongues is not the Holy Spirit. And he didn't, he really, truly didn't come for people to show out. He came for people to show up. I hadn't forgot about Elijah. I hadn't forgot about Elijah. Because we're talking about Elijah. Y'all don't know we're still talking about Elijah, but we're talking about Elijah. Because how did, how did Elijah work and the power of the Holy Spirit? How did John work when the Spirit of Elijah? How did he work? Power of the Holy Spirit. What are we supposed to have when, the, when we get saved and, and baptized in the, Holy, the power of the Holy Spirit? Well, Elijah was something special. I'm trying to help you. James says something different. How many of you read this book and think, well, that was them. This is us. Oh, we know the scripture. We, we, but I want to ask you a question. Be honest. Especially of the tongue-talking variety. Me too, by the way. If we don't believe we're different, then why aren't we doing what they did? I'm including myself in that number. I've seen some things. I can testify of things that not in the number I would like to see. But if we don't see ourselves as different than the, than the people that are modeled in this book, then why are, uh, all, all you had a Shandai moment at the altar? Huh? You can get mad at me if you want to. Where's your power? It's not power to pray in a good parking spot. Now, all that stupidity. 
I'm, Matt, some people pray, and they think they think that's the blessing of God. I pray, oh, I prayed, and he gave me a good parking spot. Well, he prayed, some of you, well, me, I prayed, and he didn't give me one because he said, boy, you, you, I just saw what you ate for lunch, and you need to walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I make y'all nervous, don't I? Elijah came, and the spirit of Elijah came, and John the Baptist, Elijah is coming again. But for some strange reason, James talked about Elijah as it relates to us. James said, said, uh, James said Elijah was a man just like we are. Now, all you King James folks, amongst, I count myself amongst them, says a man was a man, Elijah was a man of like passions, even as we are. That doesn't mean he loved the Razorbacks as much as me, because if, if that was like passions, then, our, then he would love the Razorbacks as much as me. Or LSU as much as Calvin. Or A&M as much as that Sanchez guy. I'm trying to help you. That's not what it means. A man was a like, Elijah was a man of like passions even as we are. Let me help you. A man, Elijah was a man just like you and I. What is he saying? Literally, he was just a man. A regular old human being. Nothing more, nothing less. Elijah was a man of like passions, or a man, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours, but he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Good thing Elijah didn't go on vacation because it says in Elijah, but Elijah prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced fruit. Brethren, if anyone among you wonders from the truth, and some turns back, let him who turns from, to a sinner from the error of the way of his soul from death and cover the multitudes of sin, etc., etc. Giving you context around it, he's talking about the things it takes to overcome sin. But what I want you to see, because I talked about, is coming in the spirit of Elijah. Yes? that you have the spirit of Elijah available to you. Because it's not the spirit of Elijah himself. It was the spirit that operated in Elijah, with Elijah, through Elijah. He throws it in there. Uh, you know, one of these days with one of us, the light switch is going to turn on. And we're going to realize that the things of God, the power of God, the miracles of God are not anything to do with me or you. They're, they're, it's Him and His power, the power of His Spirit that operates for people that will seek Him, 
that will walk with him, that will be led by that Spirit of God, that will, that will walk in the, in the Word of God, that will believe God, that can hear God and can obey God. Because if we'll learn, if we'll ever learn to hear God and obey God, you'll see the power of God. Do you believe it? Look warmly. Look warmly. We believe it. Look warmly, Jeff. We believe it. Look warmly. Because I got to ask you a question, and I'm going to wind it up pretty quick. I'm talking to me. Was Jesus a liar? No, really, ask yourself that. Did he exaggerate? No, did he? Did he exaggerate? Do you think he was it? Was it hyperbole? An exaggeration? No, because to exaggerate is to lie. By the way, do you know that? Unless it's a really good story. Because everybody knows every good story is 90% truth and 10% embellishment. Right. No, that's not true. That's Duck Dynasty wisdom, not... Yeah. I'm asking you that for a reason. Is he a liar? Does he exaggerate? Does he say things just to hear his own voice? Did it just, did he, did, was he a good author that wrote a good book? Okay. Then Acts 1 and 8 is still in red in my Bible. And everybody knows that red ink is anointed. Actually, red ink was a marketing tool by Bible printers that separated themselves and people loved it and we, and we like it. And actually in mine it's blue. Word to Christ is in blue. So it's probably heretical. <laughs> I say that things to point out our ridiculousness by the way. I just throw that in there once in a while so we can see how ridiculous we are over the things we stumble over. But it is in red in most of our Bibles. In red, what's that mean? Jesus said it. Actually, it means the word that became flesh said it because all of this is the word and, he, and all of it is the words of Christ. All of it, every bit of it. From Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 23-21, every bit of it is Jesus. But it was a, this was recorded in, in the manifested body of the Lord Jesus Christ. You... You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has came upon you. And you shall be my witness. It, I, am I'm not, I, I am challenging Mag Church tonight. If you name the name of Christ, 
and you stand and tell me that you've been baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost, but we are not a witnesses. We, we, we don't witness and we don't think we'll have the power of the witness that we either need to repent or we need to be baptized or we need to be rebaptized or we need to quit lying. Because I'm, he's not a liar, but I'm capable of it. And he, he didn't baptize you so you can do magic tricks. He baptized you for one reason, and that is the power to serve and to witness in this old world. That's a fact. That's as far as I can get in John chapter 1 tonight. It's Jesus is the baptizer. And the baptism is for everyone. Seek him. Seek him. Beg him. Say, don't beg. Well, Paul would say, beseech. It's his plan. You see the cute little meme has the lady that goes around. I saw it just today. People are, people are fascinated with the book of Revelation and they don't even know what they're talking about. Everybody gets saved. They're going to go read the Revelation. I'm going to read the Revelation and find out who Jesus is. And then you can get the revelation of Christ. It's the revelation of Christ. Everybody's always interested in missiles and tanks and blowing up. and The dragon and the... How many-headed beast and all the, the great serpent? Find out who Jesus is and tell everybody you know so you don't have to worry about Revelation chapter 4 and beyond. You've seen that, hey, social media people, you've seen, you've seen the meme that has the lady standing out in the street looking down the street like this? And it always says over, it says, I'm just looking to see what chapter of Revelation we're in today. <laughs> I can answer the question. You're in chapter 3, still. We're not in 12, 14. None of the, no, there's no horsemen riding. There's no bowls being poured out. There's no trumpets being blasted. There's no, not, we're in Revelation chapter 3. We're still in the church age. I'll tell you exactly where we're at. It'll ha- Anybody want to know where we're at? In the Word of God? Just me and Cindy. Anybody want to know where we're at? I'll tell you. You're in 2 Timothy chapter 3. That's where you're at. You're not in, Re- I mean, the, the part of Revelation that you're in is chapter three, 2 and 3 where it says the letters to the churches. We're in the church age. Still, guess what? How do I know? Church is still here. Church is still here. We're in the church age. We're in the church age. It it addresses the churches in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Yes? It does. Go look. You can, I mean, you don't have to take my word. Go go look. It talks to the church. Chapter 4, verse 1 says, And after this... What's that? The churches. And after this, can, let, me, let me interpret that for you out of Greek. 
in English. In English, let me help you. Let me help you. Let me help you. Let me interpret it after this. After this. I know that's deep. After this, I heard a voice from heaven saying, Come up hither. After this, we are in. I'll tell you where we're at. We're in the church age, Romans chapter 2, or Revelation chapter 2 and 3. He tells you he's going to talk about what was, what is, and what is to come. He did that in, in, in Revelation 1, what was. Revelation 2 and 3, what is. And Revelation th- 4 through the, through the end, what is to come. We're in the is. We're in the is. Let me tell you where we're at. Second Timothy chapter 3. Second Timothy chapter 3. And then I'm going to shut up as quick as I can. But know this. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. But know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control. They'll be brutal, despisers of good. They'll be traitors. They'll be headstrong. They'll be haughty. They'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. They'll have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. From such, run away. What, by the way, what is the power thereof? They're going to deny the power thereof. We have a whole world that denies the power. Of the, you shall receive power when? After that, the Holy Ghost will come up to you. The, half the church world, 75% of the church world says there's no Holy Spirit, no power anymore. From such, turn away. Amen. For of this sort, creep into households and make captives of gullible women loaded down with sins, laden down with various lusts, always learning, but never able, come to, never able to come to the knowledge of truth. We got more information, more knowledge than ever before in human history combined at the power of our fingertips, and people are still not able to come to the knowledge of truth. That's where we are at. And the answer is 2 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you before God... And before the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, at the appearing of his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready. Be instant. In season and out of season. Convince. This is not a charge to preachers. This is a charge to Christians. Convince. He's offered you power to witness. Power to convince. Rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching, for the time will come when men will no longer endure sound doctrine. We are, where are we? Right here. We, we're not, but according to their own desires, whatever they want God to be. Because they have itching ears and will heap up for themselves teachers, that means they're going to get fine people to tell them what they want to hear. But be watchful in all things, endure afflictions. Oh, that don't make sense. We're not supposed to be afflicted. We're Christians. Endure afflictions. Do the work of it. Who? Who? 
You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. That's the charge. Preach the word, convince, exhort, rebuke, all long suffering, all this stuff. Endure afflictions. You know, people are not, people are angry at me, people are mean to me. Get over it, endure it. Endure. They unfriended me, so what? They didn't invite me to the party. Did you really want to go? Did you really want to go? You ever got, you ever, you ever made plans and within, it didn't even got out of your mouth and you wish you hadn't done that. Did you really want to go? <laughs> Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. That's not talking to the pastor. That's talking to the church. And at 837, everybody said amen. amen. Stand to your feet all over this house. Father, we love you. And my prayer tonight is this, God, that, they, that, you, that by your spirit all over this house, under the sound of my voice, now, later, and watching in a distance, that there would begin to be created in the heart of men by the Spirit of God and through the Word of God a hunger that will, that will not cease, a thirst for your presence that cannot be satisfied without the power of your Spirit. Your Word declares in red that, that blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall shall be filled. Lord, give your, me and your church and your, and, your, and your people a new thirst for who you are, a new hunger for your word, and a fresh baptism of your spirit that we will get off of our blessed assurance and get out of the house and convince the people around us that they need a Savior. Lord, let us walk in the power of your spirit displaying your fruit and you have promised that you would honor your word with signs following God we need you we need you I need you in Jesus name church I can't make you thirsty I can't make you hungry all I can do is pray and preach and teach directly and specifically and without, without fear what the Word of God says and charge you before God and men to preach the Word. You, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist. If you care about the people, you say, you're putting a lot on me. I'm not putting anything on you that the Word doesn't put on you. If we care about the people, they are our responsibility. He gave us the word, not so we had a cool church to go to and a promise of heaven that we never share with anybody else. If we care anything about anybody, we will tell them about Jesus. It's that simple. I'm praying for Mag Church that there would become a desperate hunger that would cry aloud and spare not. It will change the order of our services when that happens. 
You will no, it will no longer be a, a pumping and a priming to get people to enter into the presence of God. It will be a desperation to get here and to, and to get in God's people and for the Spirit of God to move and to refresh and, and, to, and, to, and to prepare. And, to, and that's when everything changes. When the church gets hungry, when the church gets thirsty, not the preacher, the church, everything changes. Everything changes. Preacher, I wish you would let up. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I'm going to preach it till we get hungry, until we get thirsty. And then things will change. That is my prayer to you tonight. Lord, make us hungry and thirsty. Salty. When you got your salt, you said you're, he said you're the salt. When you get salty, I'm going to tell you something. When you get salty, people around you will get thirsty. In the name of Jesus, shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, tell them that you love